You're listening to Rice at Home. Rice at home. Rice at home. So, um, in terms of investing in an investment fund, um, are there any advantages or disadvantages that you would um, pick up? Yeah, yeah, there's loads. So, so let's just say you wanted to buy Apple, right? Because you liked Apple. Um, rather than buying Apple stocks, why don't it'll be better to buy a fund which invests in technology stocks? Right. So the main obvious benefits that you're not just holding Apple, you're holding like 50 companies. So you're very well diversified. Mm-hmm. It's very unlikely that all of them are going to fall at the same time. It obviously can and it does happen, but the likelihood is a lot smaller because you're diversified. So buying a fund gives you diversification. Um, the second benefit, I would say, the fund is actively managed by someone who actually knows what they're doing, who's constantly following news about these companies, mm-hmm. doing research, doing analysis. So you're effectively paying someone to do the work for you. Um, That's another benefit. And it's very cheap. Um, You know, if you invest in a fund, they might charge you, I don't know, 2% a year or something. Um, If you wanted to buy stocks, trading in and out, commission, et cetera, et cetera. It might be more, maybe not necessarily, but it might be more than investing in a fund. So um, I'll say those are the main benefits. Um, What about disadvantages? Of investing in a fund? Yeah. I don't think there are any, any disadvantages or more disadvantages than yeah. buying a single stock. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you less dynamic, maybe? Suppose, or take- okay, I guess with a fund, uh, let's say you wanted to come out. You, you sold it. Even going in or coming out takes like two, three days. Right. Whereas a stock, I guess, is instant. Yeah. But yeah. even that, the settlement, although it's instant, your settlement isn't actually for two days. So right. I guess there isn't much of no, a difference. No, there isn't. Okay, yeah, cool. There yeah. isn't, yeah. No, there isn't. Can, can you speak to kind of the differences between investing in, let's say, a mutual fund that invests yeah. in technology and investing in, for example, QQQQQ, which is an index of all of the top I think, yeah. 100 uh, technology yeah. things? So so an, an index fund is, is just tracking the performance passively. Mm. By that, I mean, let's just say um, you wanted to buy an index fund on the FTSE 100. It will just basically buy... It won't necessarily buy all of the stocks in the FTSE 100, but it will buy the same proportions of them. So you would effectively be mimicking exactly what the FTSE 100 is doing. Um, with a mutual fund, for instance, they won't necessarily buy all of them or even buy the correct proportions. They might, Let's just say the FTSE 100, they might just buy 30 stocks that they perceive to be the best. So there is more opportunity of outperformance of of getting more returns than the FTSE would, whereas if you bought an, an index fund, you you hope the best you will do is what the FTSE the FTSE one hundred is doing. Mm-hmm. So is it with a mutual fund? They're more trying to beat the market essentially. Yes, yeah. The, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just the values and the promise of volatility versus you know the sta- stability of an index fund. Correct. Yeah. And one of the things I've mentioned is, you know, you could have different investments. So you could have something that you do want to track. You want it to be a bit more safe and you might want to speculate with something that is going to be a bit more risky yeah, and try right. and outbeat the market. You don't have to have put all your money into one kind of investment, yes. which is so key. I think a lot of people hear the word investment and just think it's going to be one thing. Yeah. It can be a number of things. Yeah. It's investment. In, in it's fact, investment. it should be a number exactly. of things. Yeah. And that's something you've preached a lot. So Yeah, definitely. So how much... Um, 
contact can you have with your investment uh, manager? So to typically they send you reports every month right. so you know what they're doing. So the report will have commentary, it'll tell you exactly what they're doing qualitatively. Then you have all, the, all your holdings, numbers, percentages, tell you exactly where they made money, where they lost money. Right. Uh, it might give you some forward guidance, say next month forward, and this is what we're doing because the market's doing X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. So that happens on a monthly basis. But if you're someone who just, if you really want to know what's going on, you can just, and you've invested in a fund, any news that comes out related to that fund, you can monitor that on Google Finance, um, Yahoo Finance, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Move over to. Oh, actually, before we go oh, there, good. I just want to kind of throw some numbers at you. <laughs> so, from what I understand, and I will admit my knowledge is quite limited, from what I understand, when you invest in an index, the expected kind of return on that would be 10% growth per year. Now, if if a fund is giving you, it's going to take 2% growth per, 2% per year of whatever you make or 2% of whatever you put in does that mean that it would need to basically be making 14% yield per year for it to be worth it over an, over an index hmm. or to even equal an index well I see with when you say that, that on average you make 10% that's um, are you saying that like that's like the expected return because indexes obviously they all make different returns right yeah and and let's just say this year they made ten. That next next year they might make something very very differently. Yeah. So I wouldn't actually say on average index indexes make ten percent. Um, I wouldn't say. Let, let's just look at the the S and P five hundred for instance. In twenty sixteen, uh, twenty seventeen, it made about twenty two percent throughout the whole year. Um, if you wanted to kind of estimate what's the S and P five hundred going to do this year, you wouldn't say twenty percent. Yeah. Um, simply because well we don't know right yeah market conditions yeah there are ways of calculating um, expected returns but I would say a simple way or a you know using historical data as as um, your source you could just say well what's the five year average return Um, because over five years you may have had low returns high returns mid-level whatever if you use the average of that I would say that's more of a realistic return target Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so let's just say that happened to be ten percent, and the, the the fund manager is charging you two percent. Well, yeah, so effectively you'd be making eight, right? Yeah. So you're right; you'd have to make a lot more to cover to, for to the make cost. it worth yes. it. Yeah. yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The the place I got ten percent from was um, Tony Robbins. He was saying that uh, right. if you look at over basically the history of America, uh, okay, the cool. way it's trended. Um, including crashes, corrections every year, recessions every five years, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, wow. trends, when it okay. equals out, it, it's about 10% oh, per really? year on average. So yeah, over that, a 40-year period, you, yeah. can, you can predict it'll be about 10%. God. Yeah, yeah. That, make, that makes That's sense. That's the important thing, looking at the, that kind of time period, which yeah. I think many people new to investing probably won't be used to. Yeah. 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 Our last question on, inve- on stock market investment was actually what kind of person is, is right for investing. Uh, that's an interesting question it is <laughs> I, okay do you want to uh, you, you uh, from my personal opinion I th- you know I think anyone can be right for investing you just need I, to know I, what I kind of investor so you are right, right? Yeah. so if you're someone who's quite keen you like to learn new things you want to be hands on and you know you're willing to put in the time then yeah great go in and get your hands dirty with it if you're someone that just wants exposure to an investment maybe just 
pick, have it managed for you. Go and see your personal advisor in your bank. Get a robo advisor or whatever. Just know what kind of investor you are, what you're willing to put into it, what you're willing to risk and invest accordingly. So I, I think everybody can invest. It's just everyone has to invest differently according to who they are. You know, that, that's all yeah. I'd say. Uh, yeah, there, there are several different types, several profiles of investors, um, mm. especially everyday people. You know, there's people who just naturally have a personality personality trait where they just worry a lot mm. so someone like that you might not want to invest in some kind of hard equities yeah. you know some crazy strategy mm. no you might want something a lot more conservative <laughs> then you have people who are naturally risk takers yeah. jump off I don't know bun- do bungee jumping or whatever they just naturally <laughs> they seek risk yeah. someone like that probably having some kind of volatile or aggressive investment strategy will, will work for them but yeah like you said I think it's, it's for everyone mm-hmm. um it's just different styles. And yeah. I think that's what's so important within uh, our demographic and working class communities is knowing it is for you. It's yeah. not just for perceived intelligent people. It. It's for everyone. Just know how to interact with it. Yeah. You know? There's actually, um, I'm just trying to look this up. There's these definitions of, of investor types. Oh, really? Oh. Which, which, yeah, I can't find it. Maybe we'll send it to you guys. You maybe can put it in your yeah, shirt. Maybe we'll do, yeah, maybe we'll do that. Yeah, yeah that would be great. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to move on to real estate. Okay. Housing market. <laughs> uh, how can you make money from housing? Wow. Um, he's more suited for that one. Who, me? Yeah, Why? Me. I, I don't know put much. His but... two pence into this one. <laughs> I don't know. So, the, you got the whole volatility with, with Brexit right now. Um, you know, things that are coming out, you know, you hear London property prices are slowing down. Um, there's so much going on. In terms of property, yeah, you got your buy to let. That's an immediate way. That is becoming more difficult now. You know, mm, right. with changes. Can you explain that. So, just in terms of, um, what did they change something from a tax point of view recently? It's skipped my mind, and I'll forward it to you. Okay. Actually, first of all, what is a buy to let for people that don't? Okay, know? sorry. Yeah. All right. So, with your mortgage, you mainly got two types of mortgage uh, that everyday people will encounter. Uh, you either have your residential mortgage, which is you're going to live in the house, or you have a buy to let, which is says what it is on the tin. You buy the property to let it out or rent it out. Letting and renting. Pretty much the same thing in my mind. I think there's actually a technical difference, but uh, I'm not yeah. neaky enough to know. Um, but you're literally buying the house to rent it out. Um, buy-to-let mortgages are tend to be more difficult to get. You hire you require a higher deposit. I believe your credit score might need to be higher as well. I think they, they, they may check you quite a bit more. And they're very interested in what your rental cover will be. So they compare how much money you're going to make renting it out compared to your mortgage payments. And that forms part of the decision. Um, so it's literally just, are you going to buy the house to live in it or are you going to buy it to rent it out? That's okay. the difference between the two. Great. Um, yeah, with a residential mortgage, your main kind of way of getting uh, investment value out of it would be through the capital appreciation of that house. So many of our parents buy a house for £2, sell it for half a million 30 years later. Uh, with a buy-to-let, you're getting a bit of both. So you'll get the capital appreciation, but you're also potentially getting income, especially if maybe your rent is a lot higher than your cost. So your mortgage plus maintenance, insurances, so on and so forth, so, or essentially your yield. Um, so, you know, those are the m- more traditional ways of making money uh, out of investments. So I have a buy-to-let or just pure capital appreciation over time. Uh, in terms of opportunity in this country, um, it's hard to tell. Um, one thing I, I've kind of said on Twitter before, I had a conversation with Disneyland, funny enough, because I think he did a, uh, an episode on gentrification. Yeah. And my opinion on gentrification is a little bit mixed, simply because... Let's hear about it. Sim- well, I, I can say that I've been someone who survived it. Right. You know? So I've lived in Stratford, I've lived in South East London for a while now. 
and I've survived gentrification simply because of my, you know, I have a decent job. I can afford to live in the area now. Uh, and you do, I do have sometimes a little bit of survivor's remorse, I won't lie to you, because as much as I enjoy these new things in the area, yeah. I recognise not everybody that looks like me can afford to partake in them or enjoy them. Mm-hmm. So you get a little bit of guilt. you know. So I don't necessarily dislike gentrification because it's changed a lot of very bad areas. I think the problem with gentrification is that not everyone can equally benefit, benefit from, from it. it yeah. And under a capitalist system... It's Can happen. they, right? I don't yeah. know. That's to be discussed. Yeah. We always have to remember we work underneath a capitalist yeah. uh, structure yeah. and a system. And like you said in the last episode, the game's the game. There's the rule book. Learn to play it. Yeah. You know, uh, that's all and it that's, is. That's what I think a lot of people don't understand is that you can complain about things mm-hmm. or you can actually learn about okay how can I actually gain yeah, from like something finesse, like, and then help like other people else. to learn how to do it yeah. as well. so if you have a house in an area that's being gentrified you, you, there's, there's value right there yeah that's a come up yeah, exactly there's, gentrification isn't just happening in London you know I've been that's to Lisa Global yeah. thing, though, right? Newcastle yeah. all these other places that, that my place has been gentrified no no um, well it's actually being yeah gentrified right now um, from a student point of view because there's just so many student accommodations being mm. put in now the thing is the town centre's not really matching up with okay. what the students want so I think that yeah it will definitely <laughs> yeah. come I, I'm definitely going to watch my eye yeah. on that and actually go back and just see how it's doing mm. but um, I'm from a small town called Bracknell okay. and um, yeah so it's fairly middle class but the thing is we didn't have a town centre at mm. all like we had nothing so we had to go to Reading and stuff okay. and yes, this past September yeah this past September we finally got a town centre and it's just completely <laughs> different like <laughs> it's just crazy because now the people that actually have the money can now spend it here so now yeah. all the influx of Reading I, I think Re- Reading is seriously suffering now because yeah. everyone ar- around the area is either rich mm. or middle class so all the influx yeah. is now coming to Bracknell, yeah. so it's just quite funny to watch. I mean, I always say about gentrification that, look, someone has to develop the neighbourhood. Exactly. Yeah. You can be a partaker or you can be a bystander and complain mm-hmm. about the results. Yeah. Get in there. And it's a thing where we as a people need to come together and realise that we need to build capital. We need to crowdfund. We need to develop <laughs> our own right areas. You know I actually said that. I was at um, an event recently and I said, what stops us, and this is going to be sound a little bit cliche just because of the song, but what stops us uh, as a people just all moving to Barking. Right? It's you're, you're real close to central London, you're real close to Canary Wharf, you're near mm. to City Airport, right? And there's a lot of value there still because Barking's quite underdeveloped considering the area it's actually in. If you actually look where Barking is on the map, prime real estate really, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right by the Thames, you're near an airport, you're near a major city. Right, they need transport links and other amenities. But there is options of doing stuff like that. But that's, that takes a lot of uh, organisation or whatever. I think a, a simple first step for your average person is look for other places in this country where gentrification is about to happen there. Yeah. yeah. It's already happened in London. There's a before. ripple effect that's going to affect outside of London. Yeah. I mean, the outskirts of London and in other places. As I say, Liverpool, Leeds, Manchester. I listen to a property podcast. Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, all these places. I've been there on stag dues and I look at the infrastructure of the place and you see the old coming with the new and it just reminds yeah. me of Stratford. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when we first got McDonald's in Stratford and we were so excited by it. Now we have Westfield. Yeah. You know what I mean? This it will happen the again. The change that's happened yeah. in Stratford is mad. Like, it's, from, and it like, will happen in other places. Era, like, yeah. The caveat to that though is just the wider macroeconomic environment, right? As I right. say, we don't know what the, uh, Brexit delivers us. So you know, the, I'm quite risk averse. So I'm gonna watch it for watch the market for a while. Mm-hmm. But if you're someone who wants to go ahead now, there's other places in the UK where there's still value mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. over and above London. Yeah. You know, yeah. I personally want to invest in property in London right now. 
if I was looking purely for investment. If you need to live here, you need to live here. for student cities. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't invest in London. A lot of students are talking about when they're finishing, hopefully trying to put a deposit down for a house somewhere in a student city so that they can start generating income that way. Makes sense. Mm -mm -mm. I mean, that kind of, it it connects to what I used to do. So I used to work with a property investment firm. Okay. And we would also find investments for other people, but... It got to a point. We, we weren't doing buy to lets, we were doing another strategy called rent to rent. So it was basically subleasing. Um, we'd rent out houses and and rent out the rooms individually for a, a strong profit. Is that legal? Yeah, I'm about yeah. To say it's, that. It's, it's not legal for <laughs> private citizens, but you can a business can do it. So you have to register your business and and, and be an investor. Um, wow. Yeah. Look at that. Well, so. Obviously, can't, buy, can't help. Was it can't pay? We'll take it away when guy when they're busting in because people are doing that. Yeah. What, what yeah. you needed to do was register as a business. Yeah, basically. Oh my god! <laughs> Essentially, the guy lost. Wow. But, but again, again, this comes down to oh there's a game. Gosh. You learn the rules and yeah. you figure it out. Yeah, for sure. Nah, you figure man. Out so someone someone yeah. figured out this loophole here, mm, mm, and mm. since then there's been the strategy has been very ears. very successful. So like <laughs> a lot of people who have the same kind of views when it comes to Brexit and mm. and the housing situation, which many people see as a bubble, I see it as a bubble as well. Um, and said, okay, cool, I'm not going to do anything permanent, but what I'll do is I'll do this rent-to-rent strategy. And people are making a £1,000 a month per property, which is you know, similar to what you can expect to make on yeah, a buy-to-let property. So, yeah, that's that's basically what I used to do. And it's interesting that you say now that with gentrification and stuff, because there's this guy I follow, Todd Millionaire, and he, he always talks about the <laughs> debate versus renting mm. argument. And, you know, some people say you should rent, you should never buy a house because a house that you live in is not an asset, it's a liability. I've heard the argument, the, yeah. Yeah, like for Rich Dad Poor Dad was one of the first people to kind of push yeah. that mindset. Mm. But he always talks about the long-term value of this is something you can hand to your kids, this is something that will appreciate. And I kind of wanted to ask you guys about that, what the whole buy versus rent debate mm. as well, a residential I think, place. I think it... it Obviously, it always makes sense to buy a house, right? If you can buy something which is going to go up in price, it's a no-brainer. Right? So right now, yeah. so but you, is it going to go up? In yeah, price? Exactly. That's the question. Well, I'm just saying, generally speaking, yeah, okay. right? Generally speaking, I think it's a good idea to <laughs> yeah. buy a house no, no. if you can afford it, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Well, However, like buy as in right out or mortgage? oh no 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 as in a mortgage. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Okay. However, the only time I don't think it's a good idea is if you're killing yourself to have a mortgage. Yeah. Right. Then I don't think it's a good idea. Which, right? you know, I'd go out on a limb and say, I'd say a lot of people are doing that mm-hmm. because but there's this is definitely it. a stigma in yeah, our community to own, this own your home. This is, it's, an Eng- it's a cultural thing mm. in, in the UK. It is, it is. It's part thing. of the culture. You don't see it in, other, in, you don't see in Germany. You don't see it in Switzerland. Swiss, Switzerland is such a rich country. Yeah. None of the, hardly any of them are, are houses. They, they lease everything. Cars, mm. you just need, they lease almost everything. Mm. So I think it's definitely a culture thing. But yeah, you know, if I'm if I have a very good job, and it's it's a case where my rent would be very similar to what I would pay on a mortgage, it's a no brainer to buy a house. I would say mm. right now in this kind of um, economic um, climate. climate we're in, you, if you don't have a house, you're looking to buy. You might want to wait just to see what how Brexit yeah. pans yeah. out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think the one thing I tack on to there are some non financial aspects to consider you know so say if you're someone with kids you may need that stability so in places in Europe 
where they tend to rent more, they've probably got more rental protections from the government in terms of long-term leases, certain protections for the tenants. We don't necessarily have that here. And I think that's why people, if you're seeking security and stability, especially if you have a family, then buying is going to be the only way you get it unless you get one of these uh, intermediate rent schemes that give you like a five-year tenancy or something like that. That's a decent middle ground. Yeah, or like a lease option. Exactly. So I think it, it comes down to a number of factors. If it's purely financial, then it's kind of like what Francis was saying. Yeah. If it's not, then you may be in a position that you have to buy. You know, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. if your child's school is in a certain area and they've got a year to go for their GCSEs, you may, I don't know, or wherever it may be, that's a bad example. But mm-hmm. you know what I mean? If you need to provide your kids stability, basically, yeah. you may need to buy. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting that you guys bring up the different examples of places in Europe. Because one thing I found doing that job was that people in England are quite risk averse and they don't like new things as in new ideas. They don't like different investment strategies, mm. which is different to somewhere like, for example, America, where there are so many housing strategies, mm. it's ridiculous. Whereas if you bring some of those strategies over here, because subleasing yeah, like was a thing over there before mm. it was a thing here, I believe. Um, lease options were a thing that yeah. it's very hard to get a lease option in England. It's probably why we're always 10 years behind America, right? Because we wait to see what actually works and then we do it. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because I, I was having Not a conversation. I was, I was having a conversation about this kind of thing and someone said to me, well, when was the last time that you saw a successful tech startup in England? They're all in America for yeah. a reason. Yeah, sure. I think it's a cultural thing. But then yeah. you say that, but then you have this like yeah, tech hub by like Old Street and stuff where you've got yeah. a lot of tech workers, but you're right. Um, most of the Silicon Valley is in America. Yeah. But you do hear about this kind of tech hub that's emerging uh, what, in England? Ra- yeah, in England, around yeah. like Old Street. Isn't there a name for it? Uh, no, you're right. No, you're actually right. Yeah. Old Street. There's a name for it. It's Shoreditch. Like there, like there are so many. There are so many. And that's, I think that's going to be a thing for the future anyway, because with Brexit, you know, a lot of Brexiteers believe that financial services, if it doesn't go the right way, many of these companies already have offices in Europe anyway, yeah, so it'd be very easy gonna, for them to disinvest yeah. from the UK. And you hear Theresa May talk about it, uh, and you hear it often that they want tech to replace it. Whether or not it can like for like, I don't know. I haven't done the numbers but in terms of the jobs that are going to be here it kind of feels like that's where we're going in this country you know they're pushing that tech culture um, that casual working culture I don't mind it because that's where I want to go in my career Um, but yeah it'll be interesting to see Hmm. I'm actually glad that you pointed that out about Old Street because we're always on Shoreditch and no, there's we definitely have a noticed this yeah, ever since we stepped there quirky companies yeah Yeah, quirky companies one of my previous companies we actually opened office in London because of that because we couldn't get the right uh, skill sets um, outside of that yeah. area. Because they're not all necessarily going to be English people. Yeah, these tech. that's the thing. So if you're coming from anywhere in Europe and you're of a tech background, you're not moving to Timbuktu. You're moving to Shoreditch because mm-hmm. that's where the Olympics was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so it's there, you've got that kind of vibe, that trendiness and all that. Mm-hmm. So anyone that's coming of you know value, value in that in that sense, that's where they're going, and it's only getting bigger. Okay, makes sense. Just to add to your housing question, to me personally, I still look at owning a property I still look at it as I'm buying a house because I want to live in it yeah mm. that's, and that's the thing that's to me above all if yeah. you're looking at it for, as an investment I'm not sure um, maybe buying a house to live in in London or buying several houses in London it might not necessarily be a good investment idea mm. I think anyway mm. so if we're just Agreed. talking you know plain and simple good buying a house to live in it 100% buying a house buy to let all that stuff I'm a little bit cautious because mm. a lot of time I feel like I could do something else with that money. Yeah. Which, I don't know, it might not double in five years, but it will give me relative good, stable returns mm. with a little bit less risk. Because properties, they do have risk, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And like with the market 
someone was telling me because I used to go to some networking events and someone was telling me that when the prices that were there before mm. versus what they have now the growth that our par- our parents generation we're have seen we're not going to no, see no, anything the conditions aren't the same anymore yeah it's done it's fully easier which, me, which then leads me to believe that either we're going into a plateau or even worse there'll be a slump and things will crash I hope and things there will, will be go. a slump so do I. I say it when so everyone in the, in the office. <laughs> yeah. You know, everyone in the office kind of gives me that side eye, like, yeah, why do like, you crash? Because I don't own a house. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this is capitalism. Yeah. Welcome. Game's, Game's the game. game. Exactly. Game's the game. The game's the game. game. I want things I on sale. Something up. I actually want to bring something up. So I was listening to Gary Vee, and he just talks way in the future. And he was like, hmm, I wouldn't be surprised in 20 years' time when people are actually fighting over um, digital real estate. Digital real estate. Yeah. Ready player one. Yeah. Wow. That kind of stuff. Basically, okay. Like, what is digital real estate? Ooh, you know okay, what? So, That's my recent street. <laughs> <laughs> so what's it called? Okay. It's not basing it off, but a concept from a book that me and Travis have read called Ready Player One. And basically social media will be moving there very soon. Um Social media, okay, there's a social media platform slash video game in, reality in world. fusion mm, called um, The Oasis. It's, it's very similar it's really like in concept to World of is Warcraft. That's a very, I mean, the I don't Oasis know. Is, is it, is yeah, it really? it's very similar okay. in terms of that. It's a, it's a MMG game. M-M-O-R-P-G. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> but it's based on quests, but yeah. it has the social media element. Yeah. And the fact Schooling, that. Schooling, everything, yeah. banking, all of that kind of stuff. It was all on the Oasis. And um, you can buy, like, you yeah, can so buy planets, you can buy, estate. like, people have businesses on there. You can, like, just so a in whole. Prime locations. Literally taking, like, like, you know, so physical it's, so infrastructure it's, so it's world, into the digital basically. world. Yeah. No, but it's several worlds. But it's like a massive platform with, like, several worlds. But people are trading real cash, yes, open yes, real businesses. Yes, people are it's working crypto, on there. It's cryptocurrency. Yeah. Crypto. Yeah, people are working on there. People are doing everything on there. That's some futuristic stuff. Man. Yeah, that is mad. But we're not we're not too far. We're away. not we're too far we've removed. We've got World of Warcraft. Someone can come with that same concept. We've got cryptocurrency. Exactly. We've got like there's there's enough data in the world to build a something world that like big. That, yeah. you know I mean, you can have seven million. Don't get me wrong. I can see it happening. I personally wouldn't partake in it. Obviously. Um, I'm from the wrong generation probably yeah, yeah. but I can see it happening when, you know what I've never played World of Warcraft or Witchcraft whatever the hell it's called <laughs> <laughs> I don't play much games um, but what really sparked my interest is when I realised how many users they had mm. and the fact that they were charging these guys £10 a month I, wasn't it like millions and millions of users they have yeah, they yeah, paying yeah. £10 yeah, a month plus like additional for add-ons and all that yeah. kind of stuff yeah. and people and pay, they for, those pay for the add-ons and sit, you, exactly so you're telling me now okay you're going to give me one step further not just this game where I run around with quests on the internet with uh, people on the other side of the world I have another social social aspect to it mm-hmm. there's going to be people I think that and I can make money on it especially if people yeah. had jobs in the way it's a crazy yeah. concept so, but I wouldn't be surprised like a social media platform was a world you can actually see the people imagine if someone made a game mate, like Minecraft people crypto. tweeting and that like it's just mad and we're becoming like that we're so intertwined with our technology now You could, someone could say social media is the starter for that anyway some people mm. live their lives yeah. for social media yeah. mm. so uh, while I don't think it will change the world something like that I could definitely see a decent a substantial amount of people that would be up for something like what you guys just mentioned. Definitely, I could. That is nuts. I personally would give them a bit of side eye and maybe a bit of a talking to, but 
Live your life. That movie yeah. coming yeah. out like really. Yeah, I, I'd give them a talking to, week. but if my son came and said, "Look, I've made five million pounds from playing World of Warcraft, boy, <laughs> continue playing that game." Well, people <laughs> thought, like, I always say this: people thought people were crazy for like, speaking in front of a camera. Yeah, oh, yeah. And now they're millionaires, stuff, right? so yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't see yeah. it as, I don't yeah. see it as anything. Like the first people were blogging, like, like, "Why do you yeah. care?" Yeah. Now oh. we're moving into the age where we're going to be millionaires because we're all goes back to trying. Yes. Claim it, Francis. Always, always. <laughs> the main thing I do is you look at society, you look at humans in the past and you think, is there enough people that would use this? You know what I mean? And, and, and one second, if you give people convenience, whether it be financially, socially, in any way, if you we give us it. convenience, we, we lap it I, I think up. enough people will use it. Look, we, I think as humans, right, we loved our problems being solved. Yeah. You can solve any problem, no matter how stupid the problem is, mm-hmm. you can make money off mm. it. It's that simple. Mm. It's that simple. Yeah. It's becoming a deep, deep conversation. Yeah. That, that would definitely because if you think about it, we're in the age of integration and disintermediation, meaning that if you, when you combine things and take out the middleman, people love it. That's what our smartphone is. Yeah. It's the camera. It's yeah. the maps. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. the it's yeah. all yeah. the stuff that we used to yeah. use ten years ago. Yeah. Combined into yeah, one exactly. thing. Now people are so addicted to their smartphones that they say it's, it's we're essentially all cocaine addicts. No, no, because because we get a hit of dopamine every time we use it and get yeah. a notification. So. Yeah, yeah, that is a crazy concept. Nah, sure. Someone with someone with funding take take this and, and run with it. <laughs> but give give my man his coins. Ernest yeah. again? Huh? Was Ernest Klein give Ernest him his Klein. coins? This is his yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. The so yeah. the movie is actually coming out next week. So you guys. Should oh wow! What's watch the movie called? Ready Player One. Yeah. If you've yeah. seen the, I haven't actually. Seen I the the to, yeah, well. I was supposed to go to the premiere, but got stuck in traffic and got there too late. Oh. I know it's not that glamorous. Trust me. It's that glamorous. Look, follow okay. well, his social media, follow mine. You realize he's last one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a humble man in the yellow trailer. Okay, um, I heard about this thing uh, a while ago for a friend of mine called the Help to Buy Scheme. Um, yeah. I was gonna get one. I was like, yeah, that sounds really good. Um, essentially, it's like a, a it's an ISO. loan. Yeah, yeah. It's an ISA for, and basically, for five years you get. Um, it's interest free and you get 20% uh, increase basically on whatever you put in there Um, but recently I've been seeing some stuff about how there's a catch to it Um, I wasn't too sure what that was is um, I think it's I think it's mainly to do with the fees I'm not sure do you guys know anything about it I'm not sure so you've got the help to buy scheme which has come to an end now then you've got the help to buy ISA yeah the ISA fine um no, so my understanding of that but, is... But they're different things, right? They're, they're completely yeah, they're yeah, different. Yeah. Yeah. The help to buy schemes where they're pretty much guaranteed exactly. the... The help to buy ISO is essentially just another ISO. I think you can have it in tandem with your normal cash or equity ISO, um, but it's got certain conditions. Like, I've forgotten it. We did I think there's a limit on how much there money. There is. There's, they put like, limits on there in terms like of how much... 4,000 a year or something? I believe so. And then they'll give you another grant, um, as you mentioned, yeah. 20%, make that five. In terms of a catch, I wasn't aware of any. Yeah, I don't pretty much straightforward and vanilla. Yeah. I don't know I, what it was. I saw something about basically the house that you buy with it. Obviously, you have to pay the government back. So they don't take 20% of what you put in when they take their money back. They take 20% of whatever the house is worth. Oh, I think it's that's the help to go. buy. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not buy. the help to buy ISA. The help to buy ISA is literally yeah, just a savings account right. where oh, they okay. give you certain stipulations in terms of what you can put in and when you can take it out. The one bad thing I've heard about the help to buy ISA is that I think you can't get your money out until you're at a, so far along with your mortgage. Yeah. So you would have had to pay the deposit anyway. So you can't really use the help to buy ISA on your deposit. You can use it for your fees and stuff. 
just because of when you're actually going to get the cash. What you're speaking about, I think it's a different scheme that kind of replaced the help to buy scheme. No, it, it is the help to buy scheme. Is it? Yeah, it's sure the help to, to buy scheme. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So with the help to buy scheme, which is say it comes to an end, that was a case yeah. that they took 10% of the property value. Right, so if they lend you X amount, that's what they're coming for. They basically want some profit. Right, but yeah. but um, do, yeah. do you not think that's fair? Yeah. Because that's how they make their money yeah. in their eyes. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just free money, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It basically and, and comes back to there's no such thing as a. Free you know, I'll probably I'll probably get shot for saying this, right? But I actually don't like the help to buy scheme. Me neither. I actually don't think the government should help people buy houses. But again, you know, please don't shoot me. But you know what? Um, <laughs> I'd agree from the standpoint. I think instead of helping us with the the problem, how about stop it from happening? What, so fix the market conditions how, so how houses about, aren't a ridiculous price. This is it. This is yeah. it. Mm. You know, how don't, do they do that? Well, build more houses you to begin with. Houses? There's this, obviously, there's zoning, this, this mm, green, green belt thing where there are certain areas just can't build. For no particular reason, they just say you can't build houses there. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we should build houses there if there's a housing shortage. Um, I guess transport links are being worked on this, what's it called, the new line, Crossrail. Crossrail. That's obviously been worked on. So, I don't know. I just feel like the, the money that the government uses to help people to buy a house, I just feel like it could be used more effectively. Oh, yes, of yeah, course. Okay. Sure. And I don't think it really helped that much. Yeah. From what I remember, I don't think helped. But I know they quote numbers in terms of the number of people they helped, but yeah. in the grand scheme of things, no one really raves about it. You, you won't hear a politician. That's not the thing they're kind it, of it's, campaigning it's like, with, you know? It's one of those, you have to be, you have to have a lot of money anyway, yeah. and then they give yeah. that little bit of help to just, you know, that little it's, extra. It's yeah. kind of a similar thing we saw with the stamp duty thing they did in the, in the last... Yeah, 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 um, where it's less than 300,000. Yeah, it, it helped a certain number of people. So if you were kind of on the bubble, it would have helped you. But if you're at the beginning of your process, no, it made no difference. If to you're you. earning yeah. twenty five thousand a year, you're not gonna go on a property like that anyway. Yeah. So n- yeah. no not government scheme anymore. is gonna help. Not just that, but how many houses are worth three thousand, three hundred thousand or less yeah. in well, in twenty eighteen yeah. in London? None. I didn't mean to look at it. I'll buy it just on the face. <laughs> so, so you know, you know that, that kind of money. This is just idea. Like just. That came to my mind, right? But that kind of money that's being put in to sort of help people buy houses, why not use that money to develop business centres in areas other than London, right? Because mm. London is like, what? I can't remember the exact percentage, but um, the UK's GDP is basically London. Yeah. It's a huge number. Mm. Um, when you so, go out of London, you can see that. Yeah. yeah. So why not I mean, mate, put, put more money somewhere in Midlands, up north or wherever? cash... <laughs> flow like I don't understand why they haven't recognised that there's so much going on you, you on hashtag London Republic <laughs> what didn't so, so the whole was it the Northern Powerhouse I think that's what that was supposed to be right yeah. so it was infrastructure investment into the, the Liverpools the Manchester mm. and I could see that happening I said when I've been there recently you see the development and I could say to myself okay if I was young and single or whatnot, mm-hmm. I could potentially live here if there was a decent job up here you know, but so as you say, if there was a business, if there was jobs in these places, yeah. I do think young people, especially if you've gone to uni in that area, mm-hmm. yeah. if you've just moved yes. to Liverpool, gone there for three years, and then PwC or whatever have an office up there, you're staying there more than likely because yeah. yeah. you you you've spent three years of your of your life there. You're used to it. Da 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 da. So I think that could be a way of expanding, yeah. not necessarily expanding London, but expanding other options other than living in London. Yeah. yeah. So people from these areas won't have to come to London in yeah. the first place. They can stay and, there. And that would je- definitely bring some gentrification, which would be awesome because then, you know, I get rich. Exactly. You've <laughs> got to take, take advantage of the margins. Well, so that means the whole country's developing instead of just London and everyone's just backlogged like five years. Mm. Yeah. 
More than that, probably. <laughs> and some will say that was probably the fuel behind some of the Brexit arguments for people that wanted us to leave the UK. It was mainly people outside of London that voted for us to leave. Yeah, yeah. the North especially. Yeah, and Sunderland. <laughs> and, you know, from their point of view, they're probably seeing the lack of investment in their areas come to London on a day trip and thinking, you lot are having a laugh. Yeah. No, all the, all the, Europe, all the benefits of being in Europe yeah. are being born in London, not yeah. outside of London. Mm-hmm. So maybe if we fix that balance, things change. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Right. Ooh, that was interesting. So, it's been good. Business. I have a Step question for you guys. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, this, this is where I'm going to be on the disadvantage. <laughs> cool. Starting a business versus buying a business. What are you more in favor of? Ooh. If I'm honest, uh, I don't know, actually. Uh, I think I'd have to weigh both up. Uh, but I definitely, definitely, definitely not against buying a business. If I had, you know, for, for obvious reasons, right? You're already part way down the journey, you know, uh, and it happens all all the time. There's a reason why PE and venture capital has grown so much over the last few years. People are seeing, okay, if you got a good idea and you've taken it so far, but you haven't got the business skills to carry it forward, because a lot of people have good ideas but don't have the administrative skills. Yeah, mm. you know, being organised, being structured, being able to analyse their performance, da da da. Not just being creative and having that idea. Mm. I think that's part of the journey. Yeah, of course. And you see many entrepreneurs will get there and then they'll go learn business skills or hire it in. Yeah. Um, so I'm not against buying a business. Um, so I don't know. I think I'd have to weigh both options up. But I, I definitely think buying a business should be looked into. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm still not. I'm. I'm also not opposed to any of the two. Um, mm. I guess my question would be, you know, what. What's 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 the purpose? Are you thinking of building a business or buying a business purely for for financial purposes to make money as an investment, mm-hmm. or is it a thing where sometimes you might have an idea which no one else is doing, right? So then you have to start a business, mm-hmm. or sometimes you might have a lot of money lying around. See a business that's doing really well, and you think, okay, I can actually improve this. Yeah. Then it makes sense to yeah. buy a business. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I'll definitely say I'm I'm definitely open to both. Well, I think yeah. both would be good ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure. What about you, guys? Um, I don't have that kind of startup capital at the moment. <laughs> I mean, if you've had the podcast, you know where we are. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Bad place. So, uh, I, I wouldn't mind being in your position at your age, trust me. <laughs> Short time there. Um, but what's good? Um, I actually like the idea of both, really. I mean, obviously, starting my own business, uh, I'm doing that right now. Um, but buying, um, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned all the different kinds of reasons why you would do that. Um, I would probably lean towards helping another business improve. And just, I guess the result of that is getting cash as well. So, yeah, but I do like that. Idea. Would you take equity as payment for your services? That's the thing. Oh, equity. equity is imaginary. Um I like the idea of it. I do. I do having a piece it's like okay I know like I'm here like legitly so I think I would it's like the shark I tank I wouldn't take the piss though it's, it's the shark tank thing like okay I wouldn't like it, it depends on how how much I believe in it exactly yeah. so if I believe in it I want a decent amount yeah. I mean I, w- um, I wouldn't necessarily want the most amount yeah. of equity yeah. in your business if I really really believe in it yeah because okay I can it's not the only thing I'm going to be doing so exactly. I can you know I can have my I don't know my 10-15% here and I, I just know that you, you know you've got your structure already and mm-hmm. I'm just here for anything that I can provide whereas um, if I didn't believe it's in it but it's, it's a good idea yeah. but there's no 
there's no ground into it but I feel like percentage. I have the skills to help you take it to the next level then it's like okay yeah let's go 50-50 yeah. or 60-40 or whatever so I've got the cash you've got the business let's do this yeah, I, would de- I would definitely take like equity as a payment in the right situation um Again, it comes down to how much I believe in the business. Yeah. If the business, if I believe this business is going to go somewhere and there's evidence and there's mm. like the numbers make sense, yeah, why wouldn't I take equity for a business? Because ultimately, it will be worth way more than whatever you can pay me. And yeah. Yeah. you even look at the stories of people who were offered stock in Apple and refused to take it <laughs> and said, "Pay me my money now." Yeah. And Apple almost went bankrupt, but look at them now mm. because you know those people. <laughs> the money is long spent. <laughs> That's interesting because um, that's what Fifty did with the uh, vitamin water. He took yeah. equity. It's yeah. probably in addition to cash, but he didn't. Yeah. His yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. just cash based. He took yeah. equity. I mean, I'm someone who very much believes in diversification, so I'd, I'd like to take like a cash equity basis. And this is why I love the business world and how it's very similar to the music world. Because as a producer, I've been offered situations where people didn't want to pay for the beat, but they'll be like, "Well, we'll give you a percentage of the royalties." The royalties, yeah. So it's a yeah, it's a it's a switch. So it's up to me to decide. Okay. How many streams is this person really going to get, and what are the royalties going to be on that? So let's see if the numbers make sense mm. to say, okay, I'll take equity as well as the upfront payment or for the lower upfront payment and, and negotiating stuff like that. In response to the first question, what was it? Buying versus yeah. building. I would. I've. I was listening to the Top Capital podcast. And he had a guest on there who was talking about how he just buys business. That's yeah. all he does. And he said that basically his mentor told him, why, with a computer, why do you want the computer? Do you want the computer because you just love computers or do you want the computer because you have something that you want to do with the computer? Okay, what's the function? Mm. Can you achieve that in another way than having the computer? So applying that to a business context if you want the business just for a profit if it's just an investment for model for you you're better off buying one than building one if mm. you have the capital because like you, you can just look numbers make sense cool I'll buy it and flip it whereas the entrepreneurial journey the sweat that goes in the energy the, 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 the time drive, the, belief, the, the drive yeah. if it's not a passion it's really not worth it's it in my opinion yeah um, the way that the way that I've suffered for my kind of dreams yeah. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't do this for something I wasn't passionate about yeah. so if it was purely as an investment strategy I'd 100% buy businesses over, over building them yeah and I suppose this comes back to what you're saying knowing what kind mm. of person you person are person you, you are yeah. Yeah. yeah 100% yeah. So and your reasons for doing it I think the royalty option works in terms of most businesses as well especially for like people like us who wouldn't have much startup capital but if you really believe that you could work on a on a, a business or any or a service, whatever, like you could accept a royalty deal and just see how much you can grow. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It gives you the idea, the, the option to build um, in different areas, and yeah, mm. so that's something I would actually consider right now, basically. I do feel like people I've been carrying in the past, if you said it to them, no, 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 give me my money now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's not the game. You know, no, it's yeah. about, once again, having a long-term mentality, exactly. which I think is just quite new. Yeah, yeah. it is. And, um, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, I actually um, wrote an article um, that came out on Friday. It was about the different kinds of mindsets in different class systems, so the poor, the middle class, the rich. So the poor, they would rather get short-term income to sort out their short-term problems. Um, the middle class would get their money but spend on liabilities and the rich find a way to um, make their money 
um, long. So they put it into assets and make small investments that have um, that so that they can maximize their gains. So that they know that my money is always going to be long. Mm. So I always have that something to fall back on. Whereas the pause just kind of like, okay, I need to feed myself today yeah, instead yeah. of. Hmm, like, well, what am I going to be like in three months? Basic necessities, right? Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah. And that's why I think because like podcasts like this are quite important because you'll find probably people in those three sections they'll just keep repeating what they've seen their parents do. So these rich, it's not that they're any better. They've been yeah. taught, they've been given the skills, and they've been told why you know yeah. you shouldn't do X, Y, and Z. Look, yeah. look at those people there. This is, yeah, where they, where they yeah. are. this is why you do this. And I think the transition between those two parts of society or three parts of society is the challenging bit. Yeah. You know, that's mm. the challenging bit. That's the mm. part where someone could argue the system's set against you. I just think the system's it's quite all in objective. The mind, though. Yeah. So yeah. if the system's a system, it's not really against you, it's what yeah. it is. You're I not playing it right. Yeah. Um so yeah, yeah, it's quite interesting. I think is to, to, to go across all three is, is, is a challenging thing. And things like this where you can get the information to change your mindset, get new skills, mm-hmm. get contacts is what yeah. people need to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I think with the internet, it's easier than it's ever been yeah. before to jump up and also to come down, but more yeah. easy to jump up. Mm-hmm. One fun fact, as you say that, about information I heard, I think on the day the internet came out, more information was shared on that day oh did I get it from yourselves I got yeah. it, it might have been yeah, yeah it was yeah. from, it was from yeah. Jay from last, from Jay. The last Dude. episode when I, when I heard that it what, blew what my mind it? what was it yeah it was like there was this one day in like 2003 where yeah. more data was created than yeah. ever before like than the whole of human history oh wow that, yeah that, that shows you how much information is out there on the internet mm. you know yeah. before that day the entire human history was created on that it's one just... day it meant <laughs> yeah that is nuts. It is. So wild. You can tell one of my crazy now, right? <laughs> yeah, for real. Don't like... want to be an accountant anymore. It's boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and just obviously to fall back on um, just investing in yourself, really, just understanding that you could be so much more than the position that you're in right now. Um, a lot of us aren't necessarily, um, they, we weren't necessarily born rich weren't necessarily born in the... No, we weren't born rich, period. (laughs) (laughs) It's not not necessarily. necessarily. You make assumptions about my parents. (laughs) I take it back. I take it back. You're right, Jerome. I don't know that lifestyle, okay? That's just not how we were bred. I'm joking. No, you're not, mate. I take it back. I take it back. You're right. You're right. Rich in food, yeah. Rich in other ways, not really. Yeah. But yeah, we weren't necessarily um, born rich, but um, that doesn't mean that that isn't going to stop us from getting where we want to be. And we have to take accountability for ourselves and even other people around us to better the whole community. For sure. Because at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. when we can't all win until we all win. Like, Mm -hmm. if I win, you don't, then I haven't won, essentially. That's a great mindset to have. Yeah. Yeah, success is corporate. Yeah. I think that's probably a mindset that the previous generation didn't have. You made it and you made that's it. it. You, you, you I made it. The hood, you know? <laughs> yeah. Peace. You know, it wasn't very much about looking back and helping other people yeah. make it. And then you fast forward and you're complaining that you feel isolated and outnumbered and not represented. What have you done to help that exactly. representation? You know? Word. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's, so like it's, a bit of an oh, <laughs> it's like that saying that says, um, if you want to go fast, go alone. I like that if saying. If you want to go far, well, go together. Yeah. If okay, one of us can make it, you know. But if all three of us make it, then we know that it's a it's a last they made it because I know that whatever happens, like Amma's family's good, Michael's family's good. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. All of us are good. It's not Community just security. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it actually makes sense when you really think of it. Outside of any idealism, it just makes sense to That's have yeah. other people doing 100%. well other than exactly. just yourself. 
Yeah. You might want to break one day. Yeah. That's why other communities are doing better than us. Yeah. And I, th- I think even as, as humans, I think we're connected more than we think. Yeah. Um, yeah, but anyway, that's a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to end on a question that we always ask our mm-hmm. guests. Okay. So, guys, what is your definition of financial freedom? Okay. Uh, for me, uh, it's simply not having the simple things not having to worry about money but from a work standpoint because I think I'd always do something is not having to worry that if someone taps me on the shoulder and tells me to go home today that I'm going to have problems you know working because I want to not because I need to right. yeah. that's, that's probably my ultimate goal because I've, I've worked alongside people that are in that situation and we'll be doing the same job under the same stress but our reactions to it are very different yeah, because Cause they're yeah. always aware that if it gets really bad I can tell them F off tomorrow yeah. and go wait three, six months, a year for another job. So I think it's just having that ability to work where I want to work, not work where I need to. Right. Love that. Yeah, I would, it's pretty much what we said. Um, just money not being an issue, yeah. you know. I'm able to live the lifestyle I want very comfortably without having to worry that, I know, money is an issue. Mm. You know, I can buy good health. My kids are good. Every, my family's good. Yeah, mm. that's what I would say. All right, I'm going to yeah. move over to rice and stew. Come on. So, 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 you're listening to rice at home. The rice, very nice. Could be white, could be grey, I don't know what kind of, you know. We don't advocate any grey <laughs> I don't know. How about bulgur wheat? I don't eat rice. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's called the rice and stew. Oh, no, apologies, apologies. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Um, but yeah. Rice is great on its own, but with some stew, oof, it's fantastic, mate. Basically, what that means is anything that we have um, read, listened to, watched, anything that has helped us throughout this week, month, inspired us to do better. You got anything? Um, yeah, so I mentioned it earlier. Well, you mentioned it, and then I caught, I caught onto it, and I claimed it. Ready Player One. Um, I've... I didn't listen to it this week, but I listened to it the week before. Such a great book. Um, and it, it kind of just shows you that we are moving into this, this digital age. And it's important that you you have you embrace the the new with the old. Um, a lot of things in that um, in the book are related to 80s culture and how they've mixed the 80s culture into this 20, I think it's 20, 25th, 2044, yeah. 2045. Is it? Yeah, some something around there, like twenty forty era. So, how how can we merge the two cultures? And that's important for right now because we can't forget about where we've come from. But at the same time, we can't dwell on the past. We have to move forward. Um, and yeah, that that book is available on Audible. Um, yeah, Audible guys, I'm a big advocate of Audible. It's um it's amazing. Um, right now, actually, you can get. A free trial. Um, we'll put the link in the bio. No, the, um, so how much are they paying you to say this? <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot. I'm just <laughs> yeah. Not a lot. Um, and um, also, oh yeah. Also, there's a right to home deal. Basically, if you use our link, you can get the first three months um, at half price. So that will also be in the show notes. So yeah, Audible is massive, man. There's um, about 
250,000? Yeah, yeah 250,000 books. Mm. And if you don't like one, just exchange it. So if you can get your free trial, the book's not for you, just change it. Yeah, you can return it as well. And if you really don't like it. So, it, but it's all, this is obviously all digital, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. it's very yeah. good. So you can get it on your phone, your iPad, yeah. your, your laptop. Anything, yeah. really. So you f- I don't think I've tried it. No, no, no it's, it's nice really amazing. So when wow, I used to drive, I'm not used Yeah, no, I haven't tried it. I think the only reason why I stopped using it is because I'm actually trying to read more because I don't want to lose the skill and I want to actually improve the skill. Yeah, that's the thing. People hear us mentioning books like every week. They must think like, how do you how read the these hell books? How do you do that? No, I'm not we reading diversify. them. I have Audible. Guys. We listen when I'm trying to get back into active reading as well because mm. I used to be an avid reader. Um, for me, I'm listening to um, Tiffany Haddish's book, um, The Last Black Unicorn. The girl has been through a lot. Oh, really? Like, but the weirdest situations has brought her where she is today. Um, <laughs> she's she's actually hilarious because she narrates it herself. So she. <laughs> Uh, she's just a funny girl um, but yeah I'm just really enjoying it and it's really inspiring seeing someone that c- came from such a bad bad like background like her mum wasn't around she was in foster care um, she had to do a whole load of different things but um, yeah she's made it now and she's oof, she's really doing bits for black women in general and black comedians as a whole yeah uh, right now I'm still reading Warren Buffett's The Snowball um yeah, I I can't recommend this book enough. This guy is just amazing. And on top of that, this week I've also been reading Prodigy from Mod Deep. He has his autobiography, mm, the wow. my Infam- yeah. in my infamous life. And yeah, it is a crazy story. Just those people lived a whole different life as in we kind of know about the hood in America, but we don't know until we yeah, hear it from yeah, them. Yeah. And just the stories and the situations and the mindsets of the people there, mm. actually hearing it from someone who grew up around that and was in that and, you know, having him developing to kind of, I don't want to otherize his experience or otherize his, um, his upbringing and mindset, but like developing to be more what I'd call a mainstream mindset is just crazy. And it mm. makes me kind of appreciate hip hop more it makes me appreciate you know the the creators of that movement it makes me appreciate people who work who grew up in the hood mm. and escaped um, especially in an American context because I know people in the UK context but I didn't know the American context to that extent um, I too am using Audible to listen to <laughs> to this book I think it's just amazing how with Audible you know I play <laughs> Keep plugging. Uh, I pay seven ninety nine per month, and most of the books I get cost more than twenty pounds. So to me, it's a no brainer in terms of the finance. So for that for that seven ninety nine, you can listen to yeah. Audible's for that that seven ninety nine, you get one token per month, so you get one new book. But every single time, I I choose a book that's twenty pounds and up because you know why would you why would you choose a book that? Can you listen to the book twice? Yeah, it's yours now. You oh, own that now. Forever. Yeah, for seven ninety nine. Anything. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, with our deal now, you get half price. So yeah, for the first three it's months, uh, it's only three ninety nine. Okay, three ninety nine. Yeah. So guys, so you know, go on that. Click the link in the description. I'm gonna have to get back on all the. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You may go ahead. You know. Oh, cool. Yeah. Do you guys have any books that you're reading right now? Uh, so there's. Probably one I'm reading and one I'd just like to recommend. Yeah. Like I think it's brilliant yeah. for you guys. Uh, so I'm currently reading Mark Dampier, uh, which is a book uh, Francis uh, recommended on episode one. 
Yeah, well, yeah, it was. Yeah. So obviously, I've as I you know, if you listen to as I mentioned, I've always known about the world of investing. Mm-hmm. Never really jumped in. Um, this was this is something I'm now doing. So this book kind of goes through the whole spectrum in terms of what a mutual fund is, different kind of investors, mindset, strategy. It's, I find it quite interesting. It's pretty easy read. He doesn't use massive big words or technical terms. It's pretty relaxed in, in the way it's written, I, I, from my point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's definitely why if you're looking to you know invest in a mutual fund or anything like that, Definitely uh, uh, read that one or look into that one. He did work for Hargreaves Lansdowne, by the way. So <laughs> he still does, does even he? now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there isn't a correlation as to why we mention it so much. It's just a good platform, and I can attest to that. Yeah. Uh, the second one would be the Telegraph Tax Guide, which is one a book that I buy every year. Um, so I never worked in tax as an accountant, but it was probably my favourite subject when I was studying. Right. Uh, simply because it's the one thing we can't get away from, and because you're a geek. I am. <laughs> you know what? I, so I didn't do law in uni. And I wish I did because I like the whole idea of taking something very objective and applying it subjectively. Right. Mm. And that's what you do with law. It's what you do with tax. You take objective rules and you subjectively apply it. Um, so that's why I've always gravitated towards it. Um, plus, I think it's just a good bit of knowledge to have, right? You know, yeah. to how to avoid tax. You all have to. Well, We'll have to pay it. Um, so yeah, Tax Guide, uh, Telegraph, I'll give you guys mm-hmm. a link for the show, link, uh, show notes. But I think anyone with a business, if you're starting out and you're doing your account yourself, it's probably a good book to have because they have saving tips in there as well. Yeah, I'm getting that. Great. Oh. All Are right. We, um, so I'm currently... Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm currently reading a book which a friend of mine recommended. Um, it's called... Um, Let me let me not let me not get it wrong. Um, Guns, germs, and steel—that's the name of the book. Uh, it's an interesting one. It's, um, it's basically we obviously know how the world's set up right now, where you have rich countries or rich regions and poor regions, whatever. And and a lot of times we talk about it from an like a I don't know identity or skin color kind of perspective. Mm. But this guy goes way back, and he talks about. How the world is now is actually a function of how the nations developed. So he goes back to, like, I don't know, 2000 BC or whatever. So he said it is those regions where people develop farming are the, the regions that are today the most modern. So he you know, talks about examples where people develop farming, um, they develop farming tools, they develop weapons, they were, um, they were, sorry, they were able to conquer the, the next, villages around them he weren't doing that he was still hunter-gatherers whatever yeah uh, so it's like a, it's like an it, it's very historic it talks a lot about agriculture farming but the, the the whole narrative of it is very clear it says those groups you know areas who came up with crops learn how to develop crops etc they tended to be the dominating groups or whatever yeah cool that's the basic idea of it sounds cool amazing alright so before we go who's coming home for dinner someone of merit someone of influence someone you met yesterday I don't know um, who's inspired you Ooh, sorry someone we've met oh that's inspired us no 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 you don't, someone, you, no, someone no, no, no. that's basically adding come. value to your yeah. life right now who, who is it yeah yeah anyone oh, like, right. pick someone that you'd want to bring to dinner have a conversation with that okay. kind of thing do Thank I know me. the person? No, you don't, don't have, have to. to. I've, I've picked Puff uh, Daddy before. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You go first. Um, 
it would probably be Steve Jobs if he was alive. Yeah, okay. yeah. For Only sure. because for someone who was quite untechnical, uh, it showed that understanding the application of tech is a lot more important than understanding how to make it work. Oh. Mm. Yeah, mm. genius. Plus, the audacity is ridiculous. Mm. He never wrote a single line of code. Mm. Because yeah. he understood how but people But he knew he, that, he, that wasn't his strong point, but he knew and his he strong point. he created the biggest yeah. tech company of all time. He was like, oh, <laughs> you can code? Cool, I know someone who can market. Just did it. Would yours be? I'm just trying to think, man. Um, this is hard. Um, this is really hard, guys. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um... Can I choose Jerome? <laughs> Go for it. I choose Jerome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you guys are people. Yeah, 50 Cent, man. I was also listening to the 50th Law this week, which is basically a remix of the 48 Laws of Power um, by Robert Greene and 50 Cent. Um, one of our guests previously, Kingsley, he recommended it, and I've listened to it like twice now. It's a really good book. Um, yeah. So um, 50. I'm inviting Will Smith. I love him. For real. Like, his jump on Instagram and just, like, all the motivational talks and stuff. And he talks from a real place. He talks from a grafting place. I love that as well. Because he started a new venture with Jaden Smith um, called Just Water. I believe it's Just Water. Um, and it's kind of like a distilled, infused, like, like, distilled water and fruit or something like that. It's not just pouring syrup, like, normal um, flavoured water. Whatever. But I love him. Cool. Um, mine is an artist whose name I can't mention, but I've been working with him in the studio and his team going over that, seeing how deta- how much attention to detail they pay, even to the extent of the songs that they make, how they do the market research in terms of they've realized a pattern with the UK rappers that are emerging now and even with how they pronounce things with the length of their verses with the song structures and they've done that level of research and they were advising him whilst he was in the booth that no you need to change this around because this is the trend now this is what sells this is how singles are made and how much of a science that they made it was just amazing so I'll shout out his manager shout out to Bellagi for bringing me through and for showing me because it, it made me realise I have to step up my game as a producer and see that okay this is how the hits are made and this is the structure and I need to be a lot more scientific with it myself so yeah that's my person to bring for dinner alright cool Um, that's about it isn't it yeah guys thank you for having us yeah much appreciate thanks for coming no problem at all no problem plug the pod quick oh yeah uh, making science podcast uh, so it's Making Sense PC on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, email is info at makingsensepodcast.com. That's it. I always get that wrong, so he's quite yeah. proud of me now. <laughs> As usual, we'll have our details in the description. Yeah. I must so, say the phrase. If you can't buy it twice, just know that there's rice at home. <laughs> 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 <laughs>